Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Crawford Appleby, a Los Angeles-based transportation accident and KETAM attorney with Baum, Headland, Aristi, and Goldman by day, and legal tech entrepreneur by night. He recently launched Rulings.Law, a free online database of tentative rulings written by California state court judges. Hi, Crawford. How are you? Hi, Ari. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a privilege. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Rulings.Law. Before I was working at my firm, I was a law clerk at the Los Angeles Superior Court for a few years where you know, I worked for judges and I used to help them draft tentative rulings. I, I used to do that as a major part of my job. And then when I got out of the court and I went into private practice and I started doing a lot of motion practice, a lot of which was in the Superior Court in LA, I was always looking for ways to get an advantage and try to make us more competitive with our motion practice. And one of the things I knew was that from working for judges, that every judge is different and they all have their own approach to things and things that they like. So I remembered that the court put up tentative rulings that were available to everybody um, for free on the site. And the problem was, was that those rulings would disappear. So once the hearing on the motion was over, what I started doing was literally collecting these manually. (laughs) I did that for a while and until I started to realize that that was not sustainable. So I decided to basically hire someone to create a program to do it automatically. And that way there would be this database that I could use. And once I had that created, I decided that this should be something that everybody has access to as sort of an access to justice thing. And I decided to put it up on the site and have the site be a searchable database of these rulings and in a way to level the playing field and give solos and small firms the same kind of access to these rulings that everybody gets. What exactly is a tentative ruling? So a tentative ruling, and these might be unique to California, but It's basically something that the judge will give out in advance of a hearing on a motion that basically says, this is what I'm thinking about doing with your motion. I'm either going to grant or deny it. And this is why. And so when the attorneys go in for the oral argument on the motion, they now have an idea where the judge's head is at and they can make their arguments better, tailor them to particular strengths or weaknesses and maybe address things that the judge has misunderstood or for whatever advantage you can have. So that's essentially why the court gives them out. Why does that matter? The interesting part about tentative rulings is that they're not necessarily the final ruling of the judge, but they usually are. You know, when I was working at the court, I'd say definitely over 90% of the time, once the judge gives out a tentative, that's probably how the ruling's going to end up. But that's not why I like them so much. What I'm interested in when I read the rulings is basically to get an idea of who this judge is and how they think and what kind of authority they like, what cases do they rely on, how do they rule on this particular kind of motion, which arguments are going to persuade them and not persuade them. So regardless of whether the ruling is final or binding, which it's not binding precedent because it's just the trial judge's ruling, you can get a lot out of them. There's a plethora of information in there that if you're willing to look for it. How do you expect attorneys to use rulings.law? I think it can be useful for attorneys who are practicing in front of the judges we have in our database because they can read the rulings, they can get an idea of how their judge likes to rule, figure out how they will handle certain issues in certain types of cases, how they handle certain motions. 
see what authority they like, what they don't like, and it'll help guide them in terms of their strategy and how best to approach motion practice. And hopefully we'll give them insight that they wouldn't have normally. I actually did a search of the site and found rulings a few days from now. How do you actually scour the web, the online system to put these on your site? I hired a programmer to do this. His name is Stephen Dotson, and he's got a site called bluegrass.media. He's really great. He's worked really hard on this. And the solution that we came up with was to create a web scraping program. And I don't know the details of how it works. I don't have a background in coding beyond very basic make a website kind of stuff. So Stephen wouldn't know all that. But essentially, the way it works is the program goes on the court site and saves the rulings when they get posted publicly and before they disappear puts them in our database for safekeeping. And then a year from now, two or three years from now, you can go on and read them. So they're there for as long as you need them to be there. How does rulings.law differ from other paid databases that exist for this purpose? One of the differences is the most obvious one is that it's just free. And that's something that I was aiming for when I decided to put this out there for everybody to use it. I thought about how these rulings are something we get basically as a benefit of the court system. And the court system is something that we all pay for and we pay taxes in California. And so in a way, these rulings all sort of belong to us. And so I wanted them to be just as available to everyone now as they are when the court puts them up on the site before they disappear. So that was my goal. And just to make it really a very simple site that's really easy to use and accessible for anyone who wants to use it. You can search by a particular judge. You can pick a month or a year that the ruling came out. And you can also do keyword searching to narrow it down if you want to do it by a particular kind of motion or if you know a case number or something. That's the difference. The other sites that might have rulings like this for LA Superior Court or other California state courts, they're going to be offering other products and that's great. And so this is supposed to be free and it's supposed to be something that helps access to justice and to level the playing field for solo and small firms and even people who are pro per who want to use the site to help them with their cases. What does the creation of rulings.law indicate about the trends associated with predicting case outcomes? Well, I think that the site can be useful for that in the sense that people can read the rulings and get an idea of how their particular judge might rule in their case. Because everybody who's litigating a case, they're going to know what the key issue is in the case, and then they're going to know basically if it's going to be resolved in motion practice, and most cases are going to be how that issue would play out in front of this judge. And that will help them to strategize. The other thing I hope that the site does is I hope it helps people to see other opportunities. If you're somebody out there who wants to create a resource that you, you, know, you want to be free to everybody to use or that might collect government information that's free, that could then be organized for everybody. I hope that this inspires people to follow through on it because I think one of the important parts of technology is providing access to everybody who litigates cases and who needs legal help. So I think that one of the things that I hope the site does is helps people see that it's possible if you have an idea like this that you can follow through on it. And that if you do that and you're doing it like this where you make it a free thing, then hopefully people respond to it and it will be a useful tool. So you describe yourself as a practicing lawyer by day and a legal tech entrepreneur by night. Can you share some advice with practicing lawyers who are hopeful legal tech innovators? 
I am not a tech expert in any sense of the word. I have very basic understanding of how code works. I did a little bit of codecademy.com to get my feet wet. And that's as far as I go. But one thing that I learned is when I started this process, I reached out to a friend of mine named Bill Bittner, who I went to law school with. And he had, since law school, learned how to code. And I said, Bill, I need some advice about how to navigate these waters. And he explained to me, if you're going to put something together like this, what you should do is write a scope of what it is you want the site to do. And that's basically writing an outline with a series of if this, then that happens phrases. And that's essentially how the code's going to work. You know, you should literally write it out in the narrative. And I thought, oh, like I can do that. I feel like anybody who went to law school understands that. And so then Bill helped me to locate our programmer by using guru.com. And so I found that person, been working with him ever since, and he's really great. And one of the other things that I'd like to say about it that was a really helpful tip that I heard was from Sarah Schaff of Headnote. I was listening to her give an interview, and she said, if you have an idea for something and you want to see if it's worth it to fall through, you should do some test marketing. And the way you can do that today is really easy. You just create an ad for it on social media. And I did this. I went and I created test marketing on Facebook and LinkedIn for about a week. Didn't spend very much money. And I just got some clip art that I bought a limited license to, to use as a logo. And I just put up an ad and went and waited to see what kind of response I would get. And I was really happy because after doing that for about a week, I got I'd say around a 3% click-through rate on the ad for my target audience, which were lawyers in LA County. And I got a bunch of people who signed up because I made a very basic landing page for the site that just said, sign up here, email if you want to know more. So that was really encouraging. So anybody who's thinking about doing something like this, find somebody who you can depend on, like a friend or somebody you know who knows something about code that can help you connect you with a programmer or can do the work for you. And then put your idea out there and see what people think of it, because that's important. You don't want to go through the whole process to find out that people aren't using the site. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Crawford Appleby, a Los Angeles-based transportation accident and KETAM attorney with Baum, Headland, Aristi, and Goldman by day, and a legal tech entrepreneur by night. He recently launched Rulings.Law, a free online database of tentative rulings written by California state court judges. Crawford, best of luck. Thanks so much. Thanks, Ari. It's great speaking with you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.